Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drifting Prime, and I am your host, Gerald Hernandez. This episode is brought to you by Aeromotive Fuel Systems. Aeromotive is the leading manufacturer of aftermarket high-performance fuel systems. The company's products are the fuel systems, components of choice for Formula Drift drivers Matt Field and Dai Yoshihara. Aeromotive's fuel systems customization shop is fully equipped to help you get your project car up and running with fuel systems, with fuel systems capable of supporting more than 3,000 horsepower, they're sure to be a solution for you. Visit aeromotiveinc.com and use code PROAM to get 10% off your entire order. This week's guest is Tati Zemer of Never Lift Consulting. I tell you more about it, but this one you'll just have to listen to. What I will say though is that if you're a driver or an aspiring driver that wants to get somewhere with sponsors, uh, then you might want to listen to this one. Um, thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Drifting Pro Am. So, what's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, living the dream. Um, so, go right into it. Uh, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Who yeah, you absolutely. are, what you do, where you do it? Sure. So, my name's uh, Tatiana Zemer. I go by Tati. I'm up in Northern California. I've kind of bounced around some locations. I'm currently in Walnut Creek. Um, I do not drift yet. I feel like that's an elephant in the room I should throw out there, but I do some marketing stuff for drivers. Um, I do track days in my own Subaru. I'm constantly at the track and yeah, that's kind of the, the gist of myself. Sounds exciting. Now Very. we get into the good stuff. Um, so you have a couple things going on. Um, mostly, I think the big, the biggest thing we'll talk about is Never Lift Consulting. Um, if you want to go ahead and get into that a little bit, and then we'll kind of, you know, discuss a little more and see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. So I um, was in school for marketing and wanted to somehow tie my degree into motorsports and was trying to find a way that I could offer drivers something or like see where there was a need for something and I kind of settled on just general marketing and like sponsorship procurement. Um, so I currently offer like three services with the plan to like expand on that, but I offer consulting, which would basically just dive into like, before I make you a sponsorship deck, kind of talk about your goals and how I would tailor the deck for the driver. And then obviously sponsorship decks. And then I also offer um, hero cards. So I work with a handful of local drivers and Ryo Connor being one of them. He does Formula Drift Pro Spec. Um, I work with some like grip or circuit drivers. I don't know if you're familiar with any of them, mm. but I do some stuff with them um, at Sonoma. I do work at Sonoma Raceway. So I have a day job as well. And I just launched Neverlift Consulting. So I was doing the stuff for some drivers kind of leading up to it. And then I graduated and was like, all right, let's, you know, move forward with it and actually pursue this, this dream that I have to help drivers um, in a sustainable way and make it affordable for them um, and to show them, like, how they should invest in themselves for the future. Nice. And then Rye's actually been on the show before. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, he actually also has his own podcast now, correct? He does. And we actually recorded an episode, man, maybe like a month ago now. Uh -huh. but he, hasn't, he hasn't released it yet. But yeah, we uh, I was on his, his podcast, too. I think it's called Let's Talk Drifting, and it's on Spotify. So if you guys want to check that out, too. Uh, Rye's great. He's listen. been awesome work with, super 
professional. I think that's why we get along so well. Yeah. Is we both take the very um like Serious business approach. approach to things. Yeah, exactly. And I that's sort of my whole thing is like a very clean image, a very professional image, like have clear, concise goals and stick to those and just yeah, all about a very clean image, which I think is kind of hard in the drifting world, unfortunately. <laughs> uh no, it can be. Um I think there's kind of like a certain I mean, there can be like a certain stigma to drifters, but I think it's more of a personality thing. Absolutely. And, and it, you know, I I think I like to use kind of like Von Gittin Jr. as like the best example for a lot of things, because not only has this guy kicked another driver's door in, he's also arguably the most successful driver in FD as far as a program goes and like professionalism, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So it's just like, you can still Although do your thing. we one on the live stream where I think he called Osbo out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. That was, that was juicy. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, he made some, he made a comment about the judges. I don't remember him saying something to Osbo specifically. I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah, I'd have to rewatch it too, but I remember there was some drama and then I think Steph told him to sort of get lost until later. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I uh, definitely like the professional approach. Um, especially with social media. I think it's very hard that once something's out there on the internet to take it back. So I think it's, you have to be very careful with what you say. And I'm guilty of it too in the past. I mean, I'm sure people would be like, she was a little S word in the past. And I cringe at some of the stuff when I think back of how I've acted in the past, but you know, it's all about growth and moving forward and learning from it. So here we are now. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Cause I've seen, um, actually he released a vlog, I think today, maybe, um, and for some reason, it caught my attention. But anyways, in part of the, the vlog, uh, JTP's like kneeling over into his car and they're like chit-chatting about something. But it just this goes to show Vaughn you kind of move on from those things. Osbo. Huh? Vaughn or Osbo? Uh, Vaughn. JTP was sitting, like had the door open, was like sitting right next to uh, or kneeling down and talking to Vaughn about something. Uh, oh, gotcha. Yeah, but it just kind of goes to show like it's not as big of a deal as a lot of it seems most of the time. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so with the Neverlift Consulting stuff, so I know that you're kind of like moving forward into, you know, is, are you doing, are you having different levels of services? Like, so for instance, like we'll talk about what you did for me since that's the only direct thing I have. So you made a new proposal for me, the new layout, all that fun stuff. And like pretty much gave me the, uh, the deck ready to go to pass out. Absolutely. So there's that portion of it. Now, let's talk about that a little bit more. What is it that you need um, from a person if they're going to, like, talk to you about it? Um, like, what do you need from them in order to make these things happen? Like, to make a good one, whether it's, you know, I don't know what, I don't know how long, how big these are supposed to be, whether it's two pages or three or something like that. So currently I offer eight page ones. I think it just kind of gives enough um room to include all, all the necessary information as well as some like images and whatnot. So I start mine at $250 and it sort of depends, like it'll go up um, depending what the driver gives me. So if I have to go find all the driver's photos, it's going to go up in price. If I have to write your bio, it's going to go up in price. Um, if you provide me all the photos, all the information, and I'm simply just designing the deck for your, a driver, um, my price would be just $250. The consulting, 
sessions that I offer. If you, I mean, you can look on my website. It's neverliftconsulting.com if anybody's interested. But I basically, in my services, let me get to the page. Um, it says we handle business. So you can focus on driving, work with professionals that know the industry and recognize your needs as a driver. Let us help you create an image that will stand out. So the consulting sessions are basically recommended before purchasing a deck so I can guide you in the right direction and ensure that you have something to offer as a driver. That's not to say that everybody doesn't have something to offer as a driver, but um, I guess it kind of narrows it down to like how serious you are and mm -hmm. how I can help tailor it um, in the right direction and customize the deck in a professional manner. So the eight page PDFs are, I mean, you saw yours. I pretty much would just design it if a driver gives me all the information. If I have to dive deeper, um, I would probably charge, I would cap it at like 500 because I do want to keep it affordable for, you know, the pro-am drivers and the drivers that I understand it's expensive to drive. And this is an investment in the future and it's hard to get drivers to see that side of it especially early on. I think a lot of them just want to drive, 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 which is great. I encourage that. Like sea time is everything, but you also have to take a step back and look at like the marketing and how else you can grow your program to make it sustainable. So you can continue to drive and get that seat time. So that uh, with the sponsorship decks, yeah, the, the pricing is really going to vary on how much I get from drivers. Generally, you see, I have a little list in my notepad. Um, if somebody reaches out, I would basically send them a Google drive and have them send me like everything I need in that Google drive. And then I would design the deck from there. Yeah. Um, but I would need, you know, headshots, driving action shots, contact info, a lot of the stuff I can go on people's social media and find, but that's, what's going to cost them more. So it, it really depends how much work they put into it themselves. Um, and then, yeah, who they want to work with, I'll tailor the deck to like a specific company or a brand. So that's an option as well. But yeah, that's sort of the, the gist of it so far. I do want to break into like offering. So right now I do work a day job mm -hmm. uh, and I do pick my own schedule with that, but I currently really enjoy it and don't want to step back from it quite yet. Mm. So the consulting, like I pretty much just offered the consulting, the hero cards and the sponsor decks uh, for now with the goal to expand to do like more for drivers. So I do do more for Rye. Um, I help them with some emails and like we're in a, in a contract, which I don't want to, I haven't talked to them if I'm allowed to talk about it. So I'm not going to really go into details with that, but uh, that's like another option for drivers. If they wanted me to just handle everything for them, like emailing and following up with sponsors. Cause that's really important too. If you do have a sponsor, you should be sending them monthly slash, you know, bi-monthly reports of how, what you're doing to help them and how you're offering them value, not just taking the product. I mean, like, sweet, thanks. So there's a lot that goes into it that I think that, that drivers not necessarily write off, but mm -hmm. don't totally not, consider yeah, they don't totally consider it and how much effort it actually takes to to keep these partnerships professional and, and keep them going like for the future. No, I agree with that. And then at the same time, you got to remember that like not everyone's necessarily, quote unquote, a business person. But time and time again, it has been said to like run it, run this like a business. And obviously you have to when you do things like it, you have to communicate with people you do business with. Um, so it does make sense. But at the same time, you do get those people who like they don't know that and the only way that sometimes they're going to learn that is by not communicating and losing that sponsorship based on not communicating 
absolutely and that's i don't want to see that happen so i'm here to sort of bridge that over and help educate people with you know what you need to do to to maintain that professional relationship and how you can grow even to get more out of it yeah you know that that sort of stuff it's really important to keep them happy and make sure it's beneficial for both both parties involved which makes sense but that's where i was kind of kind of i think i've done the same thing too in the past where like i didn't kind of talk to the sponsor so much and uh that's it's bit me in the ass as well so i get it yeah it happens <laughs> what excuse me so with the consulting thing um how far does consulting go? So we got to the proposals. Okay, with sorry, I hit the space bar and I almost deleted this whole conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna actually get out of this window. Uh, but like with the um, whole consulting thing, so we talked about the driver proposal. But what else are you kind of offering as far as like, are you doing any type of like sponsorship procurement and possible? And I really don't know what else, how else to like word this question. So, yeah, like handling more of it. Yeah, and then is there any managing of like drivers, social media type stuff? So I'd like to get in. I had an offer. This was like way out of the book. I had to turn it down because it's just there's no way I'm uprooting my life to Europe in six months. But I had a driver reach out, and he basically was like, "I'm going to drive Petit Le Mans in Germany next year, and I need a marketing person to come along and handle everything for me, so I can just focus on driving." Yeah. And essentially my goal is to take that stress off of drivers and let them just focus on driving. So uh, with that being said, there are, it's hard. Like I understand drivers don't fully trust. I feel like I'm, I'm a little bit written off because I don't drift myself, even though I've been around the scene for many years now and I've been around drivers and I've talked to them and I've even talked to like professionals in the industry and whatnot. I feel like because I don't drive myself, people are kind of like laugh it off and, and don't take me super seriously, but I feel like I do have a lot to offer on the business side of things. So for the, the consulting, I basically, it would be to sit down and be like, what are your goals as a driver? Um, you know, you don't have to have a huge social media following. Obviously it helps, but I yeah. think people rely on that and they think that they can't reach out to sponsors if they don't have, you know, X amount of followers. And that's completely not true. Um, and then you, in hindsight, you also have the people who don't have the following or uh, who do have the following and thinking like, oh, I have this following and I'm going to get everything. Right. And those guys even struggle. Right. And, and it, I mean, you have to obviously be a good driver, but the consulting session would be like, I don't want to necessarily say I'm wasting someone's time. If somebody wants me to make them a deck and they're going to pay me for it, I will absolutely do it. But I do recommend the consulting session basically so we can just come up with like some goals. Because the thing is, is it does take effort on the driver's end. If you're going to, if I'm going to put in your deck that, that part of sponsoring you is that you're going to post a lot on social media and use, yeah. you know, tags or you're gonna for in your case you would you know give them a shout out on the podcast or through the youtube channel like the drivers have to stick with that so part of the consulting session is to sort of tailor what they're also willing to do for a company um you know how serious of a driver are they are they just kind of casual and grassroots are they trying to go professional are they competing like what exactly are they willing to do to make this happen um and you know features offer benefits and that differs between sponsors and drivers. So you have to sort of figure out what features you can offer 
to sponsor companies or just just companies in general. And I think a lot of drivers just think they rely on social media and the whole, like my car is a moving billboard without realizing there's so much more you can offer without having that social media following. And there's definitely like a, a gap between that where people are, are very caught up. Obviously social media helps and is huge, but you don't have to have thousands of followers to approach sponsors, especially if you're going to events regularly and competing, like you have a lot to offer. You just have to figure out how to approach a company and how you can offer that company value, which is why it's important to do research for who you want to work with. So essentially a large following isn't the end all be all. Correct. Which is, you know, what a lot of us assume and think about because, you know, as a as a driver, I think about like, I don't have X amount of followers. Um, I don't go to as many events as I'd like to. Um, So I don't, I really don't know where I'm able to kind of like put that, but like as a podcast host, it, that kind of comes into play where this is like a normal thing. And, and this is forever. Like someone goes, people will tell me like all the time, like, Oh, I just heard this episode for the first time or I just found your podcast. So it's like, whatever I was talking about then, like that's stuck in there forever. Like I right. don't plan on getting rid of the podcast or anything, um, which I have thought about in the past, but like, that episode three with, I think it was Sean Murtha, actually, uh, you know, whatever I had mentioned then at the time with sponsors, like that's there. That's set in stone. Because a lot of people, that's how they listen to podcasts. They'll go back from the beginning and start. Right. Listen in order. But then again, the driver of me is like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't nearly do enough for either of my sponsors. Right. I mean, it's hard and that's why, I mean, it's recommended to outsource, but then you're starting to have to pay to outsource. So it's, it's almost like a catch 22 where you don't have the money. You're like reaching out to sponsors to get funding and help to drive, but you almost need that help to get the sponsors. So it's like a catch 22 because you have to pay to get them and to keep them happy. And like, that's, I mean, that's sort of why I'm here and I'm trying to offer it at affordable prices because I, I, I'm in the same boat where it's like, I'm at the point where. I granted I chose a very expensive area to to move to after I graduated, but I'm in a position where I kind of have to now outsource some funding to drive and like get parts and go after certain stuff to actually get out to the track. And I have to now figure out because my I don't have a huge social media following, but you know, what else can I offer? And the fact that I a work at Snow Raceway, which is has been great for networking, like I'm at races almost every weekend and can just go to teams and be like, Hey, like, you know, introduce myself and just network has been incredible for what I'm trying to do. Um, but it's hard if you're, you know, just, I think you actually approached me about it too. You kind of mentioned possibly going after something and I sort of hit you back with like, you need to be out driving. And that's, we're kind of in the same boat where like, we don't have the money to drive, but we understand that we need to be driving to offer something right? Because we don't have the social media following. So how, what else can we offer? And it's, you know, hospitality at the track, you can entertain clients, which would increase sales and loyalty. Um, Sticker on the car, I think is pretty, doesn't offer a huge ROI because even if you're on a formula drift live stream, you're on that live stream for, you know, two minutes max for a run and you can't read a small logo on a car. And then there's, tactual things like experiences for clients. So you could, you know, offer like a private ride along day where you invite your client out and be like, here, you know, 
all of these people can have a ride along. So they actually see what goes in into it, like behind the scenes. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they all, they're just like hyper focus on like social media and like sticker on the car without realizing like hospitality is a huge part of it. You know, the tactual things are a huge part of it. There's a lot more that you can offer to companies than just sticker on a car and, you know, TV presence or whatever you want to call it. No, I actually have two questions for you that I've written down. While you're, okay. while you've been talking. So I wanted to ask you about how do you feel about sponsorships offering like a 50% discount and then drivers accepting under these terms, you know, with the hopes of quote unquote building a relationship. So what exactly do you mean to that? Like, uh, just We're use like someone I'm not affiliated with, um, who's very big in the drifting community. Like, let's just say BC racing. I don't know what service, what they would offer. I'm just, you know, right. let's just say they have a standard, anybody who's like a competitor within a, whatever series can get a sponsorship, quote unquote sponsorship. Um, that's a 15% off discount. And their terms are to run a sticker. That's pretty much it. So with that, like some guys kind of go above and beyond and they'll run like the biggest sticker ever that they can find. Um, right. And like run it across their whole door for, you know, to save a hundred dollars. Like I don't, there's that. And then like, they're hoping that this builds a relationship, but sometimes that doesn't build a relationship at all. Right. And I think that you definitely have to be wary of those programs because there are, that's why it's so important to do your research on companies because half the time you can look up, um, this is going to be actually kind of off topic because it's an equestrian, but I, I help one of my equestrian friends with her sponsorship as well. And there's a saddle company she went after and we, I did my research and it basically, they don't offer more than 50%. So for her to try and go after more than that is just sort of a waste of time at this point. Mm. So I think there's a lot, that's why you need to do your research because some companies, they just want to get their, like, that's their marketing tactic is get 15% off because it doesn't harm them to do it to everybody. Correct. But don't, don't offer more than that. Right. So, I mean, if you're happy with that, that's fine. But I would then definitely be aware of how much effort you're putting on your end. And is it actually worth it for you as a driver to be doing all this work for a 15% off a product that you're still going to end up paying quite a bit of money on when yeah. you could after somebody else for more and actually build a sustainable relationship with somebody um even if it's a smaller brand or lesser known brand i should say that's i think would be a little bit of a smarter approach but every i mean everything comes down to like doing your research and who you want to work with i don't think you should just go after people or after companies for the sake of sponsorship i think you should go after people you actually want to work with um brands you actually use their products and like their products and actually believe in their products I think that's a big one also is people just are like, oh, I'm sponsored by this company. And like, hey, that's great if that's what you want to do. But do you actually believe in their product? Do you actually run their product? Have you run them before that 15% discount? Like, you know, how how invested in that product are you um, to get that 15%? Because 15% is not, depending what it is, is really not not that big, unfortunately. Yeah, that's why I was bringing it up. Because sometimes it's, you know, there's, there's a certain way I see it. And it's kind of like, if you give me 15% off, yeah, you have that potential to build a relationship. But you got to be mindful, too, that let's just say the guy's name is Bob. You and Bob don't really click. Like, what are you building there? Right. You know what I mean? 
I think. And that also comes down to research because that would, I mean, that's something that during your research, you would realize, you know, do I agree with the company's values? Do we align like that? Research is very important. Like I would spend hours before I even consider a company and of course running their product first. Cause I do think it's important to, to show, like if there is a company that you want to work with, I think it's important to, to show on social media and other, other sites that you are, that you do believe in the product because you're already invested. Exactly. That okay, you, that makes you sense. Money. You're not just you know going after them for that discount and then you know throwing a peace sign and leaving because you got the discount. But that's I can't speak for everyone on that, unfortunately. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, but no, it was just something I always wondered. Like I always try to get everybody's take on that one because it's 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 different for everybody. So like I've had um, Ed Kozan like from Kenda and like his perspective is a little bit different like or actually the same as far as like you should be running that product there's no reason you should be sending me a proposal with you know necks and tires on your car when you can clearly see it visible there or something um but it's just kind of hard to like kind of like really I mean, it's easy once you figure it out, I guess. Like, once you know, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I should be on this product already. I shouldn't just be asking for random shit. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, I don't know unless I try. Absolutely. So there's that, too, That's which is the problem. And I definitely have heard, I think it is actually on your podcast, that I heard somebody say, you know, any help is help. Like, they'll take it. And to me, that's like, I don't know. I think that's sort of selling yourself short mm-hmm. when you have... Maybe they don't understand the value they can offer that company and they're just desperate for that 10%. But I think you need to take a step back and be like, okay, what else can I, you really can offer something of value to to companies and you just have to think outside the box about it and, you know, get creative. It's not just all wrapped into social media and going to events. Like there's so much more you can offer as a driver and, you know, you find your niche and, and go after companies within that niche as well is very important. So yeah. you don't have to just go for big brands and whatnot because you, you might get shot down. But yeah. if you find somebody that, you know, you can offer them something mutually beneficial and something of value. And that's something that I usually close out a sponsorship email with. Um, when I do reach out, I say, you know, looking forward to hearing if you think that I have something of value to offer you. And that's, you know, kind of how I end the email just because that's, I think it's important that you do, that they they see that you have something of value to offer and they agree with what you have to offer. I agree. And then I want to say, add one more thing. So back to Vaughn again about like I used an example. So on, he's been on uh, maximum Driftcast. I, I could, I dropped their name. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Um, great podcast. But when he's been on, there was, I don't remember the question. I don't remember the episode. It was one that he was on, but he had just made a comment. Don't be afraid to say no. Right. Which includes shitty offers. Absolutely. And unfortunately, there are out there. Um, you know, there's people that will run, you know, a do- like I said, a door sticker because they got 50% off a product. Like, that's kind of ridiculous. Right. Or they had to pay and they get 10% off and they had to buy all this product to get that 10% and then they get an offer code. And it's like, you know, all you've done is help that company out. You spent money for them. They gave you a 10% discount. They probably didn't even see a difference in like it made no difference for them. And you're now posting about it and offering other people like a 10% code. All you're doing is giving them free marketing basically. And what are you getting in return? Not much. So I think that a lot of people are just, you know, desperate to be like, oh, I have sponsors without, 
really sitting down and being like, well, is this actually worth what I have to offer? And just, yeah, they just don't really think it through. They're very desperate to just be like, oh, I'm a sponsored driver, which is great. Like, I understand that side of it. But if you're serious about this and want to, you know, go forward with it, I think it's important to do your research and actually find companies and brands that you want to sustain a relationship with for a long period of time. And granted, if something happens during that time that, you know, you have a falling out or something doesn't work out or the product fails, like that's fine. That happens. But you you definitely need to do your research going into it and not just be like, oh, this person's, you know, taking on because a lot of them are also ambassador programs versus a sponsorship. And I think people get confused. Like a lot of those 10% things is you're just a brand ambassador for them. You're not sponsored. You're just an ambassador. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm sponsored by them. Like, no, you're really, you're not, you're just doing free marketing for them. And they've just worded it in the way that makes you feel important when really you're just like a very small part of their entire marketing machine. So brand ambassador sounds pretty cool though, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, the sound of it does, but I don't <laughs> yeah, know about but, it. But, <laughs> but everybody who knows what it is means it doesn't mean shit. Right, um, exactly. <laughs> but um, to Abbott and to add one more thing to what you were saying earlier about like when you send emails out, let me know if if I have any value for you. You think kind of like circling back to the Neverlift Consulting, which is something I don't know if you offer this, but like the email to come from you as opposed to something to come from me, I just think it, just on a personal level, like it would seem more professional in a sense where I'm not the one digging for it. Like, oh, this person has clearly invested into somebody to look for them, for them to procure sponsorships. I think it looks, it gives you almost like a sense of authority mm-hmm. uh, and that you're taking it very seriously and professionally. And I think it's huge um to do that because you mean then you have somebody reaching out hey i'm reaching out with blah 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 on behalf of blah 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 and i think that opening line right there just shows that company or brand that you are that much more serious than the average driver reaching out on their own behalf um but i understand not everybody can afford to do that Mm. so it's it's hard because like that's the that and that's kind of where i'm torn as well too because i don't really know how to offer that quite yet I kind of have it on two different things where I I basically am either going to offer like a commission-based approach um, but that sort of leaves me on a dead end where if it doesn't work out for me I've done all this work and gotten nothing in return Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of going to do either commission-based or like a monthly or weekly fee based on like the hours I put but that's I mean it's really hard to to sell that to a driver who's already spending thousands on tires in their car and events and it's really hard to get them to like see that they need to invest in themselves and that it will come back in the future it's just like a couple years of grinding it out and then you'll get there yeah no it for sure won't be for anybody but let's just say there's like an instance where it's like hey i have this flat rate fee to do this what we just spoke about so you're not losing your ass on it like you're not getting absolutely nothing out of it so you get some sort of compensation to reach out to i don't know nestle we'll just throw that out there right so you reach out to nestle and then you have like a retainer of i don't know let's call it 500 bucks right and if they get something you know you get a percentage of x amount if i don't know it was just an idea i had right now i don't know if that would work though too so this way you're not completely on your ass and you at least get something out of it 
Absolutely. And I do have, so one driver in technically in a contract with, and we have like a tiered thing. So I get like a small percentage for X amount of money. And then the more up it goes, the more of a percentage I get. And then we cap it at, I think 20%. So if I get more than $10,000 for him, I get 20% of that and anything upwards, it's just a, we cap it at 20%, but anything like under 10,000, it's less. And we have it like a tiered sort of percentage. But if I were to charge like a monthly or a weekly fee, I would honestly mm-hmm. want to be taking on more for drivers. I would want to be doing like the follow-up monthly reports for sponsors. I'd want to be more of like an, a management and agent position where I'm handling like social media. Cause I mean, I could go and, and draft granted your post. If you're building a car, you're going to have daily updates, but I would be happy to like log into somebody's social media and just draft a bunch of posts for them where they can set alarms in their phone for the, you know, quote unquote, hot times to post on Instagram and just post what I've drafted for them. They just go in their drafts and the captions written, the post is made up and that takes time, you know, away from them. They don't have to deal with coming up with the caption and tagging everybody. Like I would do that. And that's that I would feel more comfortable if I were to charge like a monthly or weekly fee, just taking on more for a driver. So that's sort of the, the direction I'm going with that. But if I were to just handle like sponsorship, I would probably just stick with like the tiered or commission approach. Um, the weekly monthly fee, I'd really want to be like managing a driver and helping them with a lot more and diving into more than just sponsorship. I'd love to be doing, you know, the emails, the, even if they want like a newsletter or YouTube videos, whatever they want to do, if they want me to edit reels, like I'll sit at home and, and step away. Cause I do pick my schedule at Sonoma Raceway, which is a blessing. So yeah. if I do end up taking on more for drivers, all I have to do is just not sign up for that many days at Sonoma. So it's, it'll work out. I have faith that it's going to pay off once my name gets out there a little more and people realize that I do have something to offer a value, even though I don't drift quite yet myself. <laughs> yeah. But it's not about necessarily drifting. You're not this, what you're doing has nothing to do with you physically drifting. Like this, you're offering a service absolutely um, that provide, you know, you're providing a service for a fee. Um, absolutely. And I do kind of want to circle back on something real quick. So I want to talk about websites a little bit. Yeah. Do you think okay. it's feasible for a driver to have a personal website? Um, like I a do. Blankety blank racing's website. I do. I think it's almost like a. Uh, you, I would basically design it as more of like a portfolio, if that makes sense. So it's less of just like, obviously it is a website, but it would be to highlight, you know, their past accomplishments their goals. And then you could even have a contact area where people are then interested, you know, Hey, reach out for sponsorship, contact me here. Cause that, I mean, I think that it's a very professional approach and I, yeah, I think it's very beneficial to have just a presence on, on several platforms and to have a website to send out to people. And then you can make business cards with your website and just hand like small things out like that. Yeah. And it seems to be better to be like, you know, uh, driver at Javier Ramirez, Ramirez racing.com as opposed to Javier Ramirez at gmail.com. Absolutely. And then on top of that, how much does it cost to start a website? Cause you just did one yourself, right? And you kind of have like a, uh, Oh God, my website was such a pain. I ended store, up right? actually taking off. So if you go on my website, I have all of the, I think it's on the homepage all of the stuff that I want to start offering down the road. 
So right now I offer on the website, I offer the consulting, the hero cards and the sponsorship decks, but I say more services coming soon. I want to do social media, marketing, public relations, video production and photography, mm-hmm. event coverage, financial management, travel plans, custom packages, brand refresh packages, digital campaigns, email design, graphic design, and more. And originally in that list, I did have websites and I had put like improve existing or build a new. And I ended up deleting it after building my website because I had the hardest time with it. It's more just, yeah, I just, I don't have any coding experience. And I, through my marketing school, we learned, or through the, one of my marketing classes, we learned how to do it with a free hosting site. And unfortunately, I used that free hosting site to build my website and it ended up having a bunch of loading issues. So it is like my website, I think I paid because I bought a domain and I pay, it's probably 15 bucks a month to run it. It's not terrible, but I'm on, uh, I use Cloudways, which is the hosting. And then I have a domain from GoDaddy. And then the website's technically on WordPress. So it's, there's a lot that goes into it, like different sites and stuff. And maybe somebody more experienced would be able to like, be like, oh, you can just do it all on one thing, which is why I'm not offering it anymore. But yeah, I do think it's, it's important and beneficial to have a website that even if it just highlights you and even if it's just a stagnant page, like a single page that has information about you and contact stuff, it's like almost like a, a little intro sponsorship deck that they can then people can reach out to and be like, Oh, if they are interested in working in, in seeing the next step and seeing that sponsorship deck, they can reach out to you easily on this website. If that makes sense. It does. It does. That's what I was asking. Cause I was thinking about doing it too. Uh, not necessarily for myself. Um, cause I do want to have a drifting program website and cause I, I'm doing other things now where I'm like kind of extending the drifting pro-am thing into like because i make parts for the cadillac now and i've actually right. sold quite a few to you know other cadillac not not necessarily drifters it's just you know they are aftermarket parts that work for the cadillac um so i sold a few but i've also was thinking about like within that to have like obviously it would hold the podcast hold the parts and then also be like you know a page for me to be like oh this is gerald hernandez the host the driver the um company i don't know the guy who makes the parts yeah definitely and i mean that's sort of something i struggled with so i have i have a little merch brand that i actually launched um i think it was just like end of december 2020 that i launched it yeah um it's it's called seat time society and my goal was to sort of just have that as like a side stream of income to sort of grow as like my own image and name grows as a driver and now i'm like okay how can i tie it into neverlift consulting and have that be like the i guess the brand for it because neverlift consulting is an llc now but i'd like to tie in and have like a page on here where you can buy my seat time society merch and maybe i'll put neverlift consulting somewhere on the merch but i'm now i'm trying to tie them together so i'm not just having like you know a website for this and website for that and then eventually i'll add my bio to probably our our mission area on the Neverlift Consulting because there's not any information about me because I, for some reason, I can whip up bios for other people, no problem, but writing one about myself seems to be a bit of a block. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's it's super key to do that and you could definitely tie it all together into one. I don't think it would harm you at all to do that. And then, so 
Now, do you think... So there are some drivers who are just drivers. Um, I think... Fuck, I hope I'm not wrong when I say this. Uh, Die. Die is just a driver, from my understanding. I'm not saying he doesn't hold his own in any way, like as far as like sponsorship procurements and stuff like that. Um, but somebody like him who's not necessarily doing anything outside of driving, if that makes sense. So, for instance, you have Vaughn, who has like RTR. Um, he's doing the fun haver tour and things like that outside of it. But then you have Dai, who just shows up at FD. Right. So those extra things that you're doing, does that really help with sponsorship? Because um, you're taking those with you on the tour? Like, people know when Bond getting Juju shows, when Bond shows up somewhere, he's sponsored by Monster. Um, obviously, Dai's also doing... Um, Pikes Peak. I know he does that a lot, and he does a lot of other say, racing. Guy is a driver for many different platforms. He doesn't just drift. Yeah, correct. But he is just a driver. Correct. Um, I'm not saying he's not a businessman. I just don't know anything that he does. I'm just probably a poor example. Some asshole's going to be like, "You don't know what Dai does." I was saying, I'm, not, I'm looking him up now to, to like try and understand what I guess what you're asking of me. Um, I don't know what I'm asking of you. I was. I don't. I, there was a thought in my head, and it did not come out the way I thought it did. He has a link tree. Oh, that's a bad gateway. Okay, his link tree is inactive. Um, <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, he just has professional. I, I just mean like so. So, th- so a lot of people uh, are trying to do add on to what they do to provide more for that sponsor. So like, um, like a YouTube channel, and and is that what kind of the track yeah? Not on? even necessarily a YouTube channel. I think I think the YouTube and the I just kind of. I throw that in the um, the umbrella of social media, right? And I don't see that as doing anything significant um, as a, like a YouTube, like to be a vlogger. Um, right. I think I used to feel the same way about Adam LZ, just you know specifically, and like now I think like I realize how much that guy does for the community now. Like he's not just a vlogger; he does a lot more, such as. Uh, like for instance, like the Drift HQ. I don't know if you know about that. He just well, he like, purchased it. I don't know if he, I don't know the whole deal, but I know that he's doing something with it. Um, and he's not just a vlogger, if that makes sense. Like he's not just a vlogger. Like he actually has um something attainable instead of a video. Like he supports the drifting community by having. You know, Drift HQ. I know he was talking. I watched. I, so, I watched very I few little videos of this. Him. I don't follow him actively, but I watch certain videos. Sometimes I'll watch a video, and this one I did see, and I noticed that like it's completely. It just seems to have put him in a different place. I don't know if that makes. So he had brought up at one point wanting to offer parts. Correct. And I, somebody else, when he dropped the news, I was actually at Sonoma Drift and the person that was like, did you see this? We both talked about it and we're like, we kind of came up with like thinking that buying Drift HQ is his way of now selling parts. So, I mean, I'm going to have to agree to to disagree with Adam LZ offering stuff to the community because I think his whole, and people please don't hate me for this. Like, I think Adam LZ has done great things for fd with bringing all the you know the fan base even if the the chat is now absolutely cringe but i think 
that he does very little for the community as far as giving back to the community that, that built him up. Um, and that's like one of my goals as a driver is like later, granted, I'm also a female and want to get more girls into it. But I like, for instance, if my YouTube channel ever gets to a point of bringing in the income of even, a, a, I don't even want to say like, like a, a one sixteenth of the amount that Adam LZ makes, I plan to like post a video and be like, Hey, all profits off this video goes to hosting a free all girls track day type thing. Mm -hmm. I don't see any of the big names doing stuff like that to actually give back. Sure. They do giveaways and stuff, but you still have to like buy into the giveaway. It's like you buy X amount of, and then they don't disclose how many people are signing up. So they're like, Oh, you can win $200,000 cash or this skyline, but they don't tell you, you have to go and buy $150 worth of apparel off their website. And then you're automatically entered, but they don't cap it at a certain entry. So they're out here making you know, a ton of money off all these people that are like, oh my God, I have an entry into this either 200K or a skyline, which is, you know, pocket change to these drivers that are on that scale. So I think that, I don't really know where I was going with this, but to say that he, he gives back, like, I don't, don't truly agree with that. So part of me thinks is like, <laughs> he wanted to offer it. Well, I don't, this is all speculation. I should probably just fucking all speculation, call like and ask him to have it beyond. I'd call him, That's like, great. I have his phone number. I mean, like, email him or something and ask him to be on. Um, but, like, so, like, we don't know the whole story with Drift AQ, HQ. Like, maybe they needed some, maybe they needed the capital, so to speak. Right. In order to make a bigger move, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, so, I think in, in that respect, if that was the case, assuming it was, uh, that is something that's offered big to the drift community because they do offer, you know, they buy the parts from these people who nine out of 10 companies are parts are built to order. Right. You know what I mean? So they're like, Oh, I'm going to buy it first and then I'm going to sell it to you because I have it on hand. Absolutely. So I think that is a good thing. That that's is supporting the community in, in more, more ways um, than one obviously because when you break something and you have a gig and you driving this weekend you want something overnighted to you like if if you have the funds to do that not everybody does um, right but you but it's attainable you know what i mean and i think in that respect i think that's a that's a big thing um i think and in other ways is he is uh the exact uh, definition of quote unquote an influencer he yes, people follow he him because he does something cool and they want to do that too and that does bring it more popularity you know more money coming into the community type thing that's true so yeah i mean he has brought like a huge fan base to formula drift and the the live streams granted it's it was for a while like last year there weren't fans allowed so the live stream was bigger in general than it than it has been in the past um, but yeah, no, he's, he's definitely brought like a, a more of a following to formula drift, but as far as actually like giving back directly to the community, I think he, he doesn't quite. Yeah. But then again, I'm not a fanboy, So I, or a fan girl. So I, I don't, I don't actively watch his stuff. There's just like a few things where I'm like, Oh, what is he up to? And like, I'll follow certain things, but yeah, same yeah here. people are probably going to, you know, correct me on that and. I'm sorry. Like I'll be in. Like I have a few group chats. <laughs> I have a few group chats, and occasionally someone will like send one in. They'll be like, "Oh, look at this," and it's not all the time, obviously, because they're not sending it every single round of FD or something like that. 
Right. Um, or every single video he posts, because I know he posts like pretty consistently. I don't know how this conversation turned out into an LZ conversation, but I don't know either. But it's okay. Carry on. <laughs> we're gonna move on. <laughs> um, shit. That's I. My bad. Uh, yeah, we went from diode to. Uh, don't even remember what we were talking about. I don't uh, even, yeah, we're gonna die for for some reason. <laughs> Just being a driver. Well, I'm glad no one listens. Not, not too many people listen to this show just yet. Um, so with the Seed Time Society, that is kind of like a under the umbrella of Neverlift Consulting. It's just kind of like the apparel brand of Neverlift Consulting. Correct. And I am basically switching my, so originally I kind of just had it like, oh, it'll be on the side and like grow with me. And now I'm, I'm kind of changing my like marketing strategy with it. And I'm going to probably end up doing like limited quantity and limited design releases. So like, or I guess limited quantity. So I'd like release the design. I kind of want to hype it up a little bit first and then like release the design and be like, okay, when this is sold out of quantity, like that's it. So they're like a limited edition almost apparel type thing because right now I just have a bunch of designs on and I use Teespring which has been absolutely wonderful to start up on because I don't have to worry about shipping I basically just upload my design and I make a cut from everything and they send it out and print it but some of the designs that are a little bit bigger um, I've gotten feedback and I actually had one of my own personal sample shirts I think it's when it's washed too hot and not washed inside out or dried too hot, but the design probably after like the sixth wash started to fade. Um, and I had feedback from a friend. She was like the first one. She's not even a car person. She's like, I have to tell you, like it, it washed off immediately. So that made me very wary of um, using Teespring, like moving forward. So I'm trying to find somewhere where I can just order, you know, X amount of shirts with X amount of I have to figure out like the popular sizing and whatnot, but I want to just basically do like limited quantity and just offer like hype up a certain design. I'm going to have just a standard, probably like a Seat Time Society Neverlift Consulting one that'll always be available, but I also want to do like the limited releases. So, yeah. you know, available as long as it's in, in stock essentially. And I think that's a smart marketing approach because it'll make it people actually seek it out and not just be like, oh, I can kind of come back and buy it whenever. They're going to be like, oh, I need to buy it now because it's you know, going to run out and I'm not even truly trying to make money off of it. It's more just a kind of a fun side stream of income, but I'm having fun with the designs. Like I have that one, that straight out of angle one, which I think is absolutely hilarious, even though it's kind of girly, but I think it's funny. You came out with, with that, like after it kind of like got, when everyone got over the fact that everyone was doing the straight out of whatever things. Yeah. So I have a bunch. There's like the straight out of, the apex right out of the driver's seat and it's all like that straight out of the compton the straight out of the angle one actually has like a wheel that's at full lock under a fender um it says straight out of angle but the other ones are all like in that you know straight out of compton whatever that black and white box that they have where it varies and it just says like something dumb about cars so that's kind of the track i'm on but i need to make it limited so that people just they want to buy it and go after it but that's sort of on the back burner for now because I haven't found a quality apparel yet. I haven't done much research on who to buy from. And, and that adds more onto my plate because then if I have it in my hands, granted it's great for when I go to events because then it's like I have it on, on hand and I can sell it to people. But it's also that if somebody makes an order on my website, I have to then handle the shipping and all of that, which 
that's why I use Teespring is because I don't have to worry about it. I just make that percentage and that cut from, from it and they handle the rest. So it's going to add more to my plate. And as I slowly back off of working at Sonoma and taking on more for drivers, I'll slowly add that into the website and slowly take on more on my plate as well. You know, coming from somebody who does have to send shit out as well, it's a lot easier for me to like go make the parts in my garage or whatever I'm doing than to fucking get to the post office and drop them off. Yeah, that's I'm no, it's fucking fun. terrible at it. And I know you can buy like label makers because I have a friend that she and she makes she's really smart about it. So she uses like, for instance, Teespring, but she has her own website. So she lists it. I guess you would call it drop shipping because she basically yeah. waits for an order to come in and then she goes and buys it at sample price from Teespring and gets it shipped to her. And then she ships it out to the person for, you know, she makes a bigger profit doing it that way, but she invested in the packaging. I think you can get like a label maker. So she has all that up front, which I probably in the long run should invest in if I start to expect a lot of orders. But right now, like for me, like you said, like getting to the post office, like I work 10 hour days at Sonoma and it's a bit of a commute, especially hitting highway 37. So it's sometimes my days are, I'm not home for 12 hours. And obviously the post office is not open at 6am when I leave. And they're definitely not open at 7pm when I'm home. So mm-hmm. no, that makes sense to, to balance it all out and get to that point. So, but a label maker, from my understanding, if, if you have it all in the packaging, you could just go drop it in like a, a mailbox or you don't have to have a label maker i don't have one i just print them out on my printer and then i tape it onto the box oh okay well i don't even have a printer so <laughs> yeah i'm just too lazy step, like step to <laughs> physically take my ass to the uh to the start well no not necessarily lazy i just don't make time for it as like i should um but yeah i'm i'm the worst at it and then i found out like the other day that you can actually just give it to a post office person or leave it inside your mailbox and they'll take it i mean yeah, you- to a certain extent yeah, certain certain packages. But yeah, yeah no, there's a lot that goes into it that people don't and everyone will be like, Oh, you're you know, you're trying too hard or you're this and that and like they'll hate on it and they don't realize like what goes into building a brand and what goes into doing this behind the scenes. And it it's a little disheartening sometimes when people are like, Oh, you're trying too hard and I'm like, You don't even know <laughs> like what goes into this. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's a lot. And it is. Because when I'm done with the part, like it'll just stay in my garage, and my dumbass doesn't take it with me in my truck, like I should, right. and go, you know, drop it off on their counter because they have like an outgoing counter that you can just drop shit off on as long as it's labeled. They don't right. care. Yeah. yeah, you just walk in and drop it off. Yeah. And then there's me who never gets there. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. That's that's why I still use Teespring as of now. I've been saying yeah. for I think the last like five weeks that hey, like get your orders in, and people have been ordering. Like that's the great thing is that I've sold. A lot of things and that surprised me at first I was like oh my god like I sort of just started this as like a side income and didn't actually think that it would that people would support it and whatnot and now it's at the point where I can actually take the profit that I've made off of Teespring and spend it on getting apparel in my hands and then having that on hand and like making my own store so that's kind of the approach I'm taking is like wow I actually made a quick buck off this and now I can take that and put it back into the company and you know, have the apparel on hand. But yeah, there's a lot of work that, that goes into it that people seem to disregard but have strong opinions about. <laughs> yeah. Um it's it's fucking kinda difficult to like start something. But then again you have somebody who like has so many opinions about but they're not doing anything too. 
Well, exactly. Or, yeah, rather, they're not doing anything not to, but you're just not doing anything. Um, so with the uh, Neverlift Consulting, we kind of went over the sponsorship deck, the sponsorship procurement. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything that we're missing in between those two besides the initial? Oh, yeah. We also talked about the initial um, consult, the actual like process of uh, having. What, not, what did you say the word was? I know what it is. I Consulting? No, it wasn't consulting. I said consulting. Wait, was it? Shit. That's like technically the third thing I offer. The hero cards. Oh yeah, the hero cards. Okay, the hero cards. No, no, no. It's just the uh, the actual consulting of the does consulting service itself to kind of chit chat. I I forgot about that. That's right. I'm terrible. Yeah. So essentially, I would basically just like ask a driver, you know, what what are your goals as a driver? Um, and then sit down and be like, how much are they committed to offering? First of all, come up with what they do have to offer. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, if they don't have an immediate large following, then we have to think outside the box and be like, okay, what else can you offer? And what else are you willing to offer and how much work? Cause that's the thing is a lot of people like it's, you have to, to continue to put in the work. It's not just work to get the sponsor. It's work to maintain that sponsor and to keep them around and keep them interested and engaged and, a lot of people I think don't put in that work. So it's really investing in yourself and like, what are they willing to do and what do they want? Are they a serious driver? Are they casual is, you know, what, what are their goals, et cetera, et cetera. And that would be all something I dive into on that consulting session. Yeah. You know, another thing I noticed recently too, is um, like a company that I never thought I would see kind of get into the social media aspect of things was AC Pro. Okay. And they got a whole bunch of drivers, like YouTubers and like just, you know, the influencers to kind of, they gave, you know, I don't know what they paid them, whatever. They gave them product and I saw all these videos. Excuse me. I saw Colette in one. I saw, um, damn, I can't even think of the other woman's name. AC Pro, like the, the refrigerant, like yeah. the can that you refill. Yeah, oh, I saw like quite a few YouTubers. Uh, I think the two I saw were female. I can't remember the other two that I saw. Or the other person I saw that was not uh, female, but they used them, and I saw it like on Instagram. Interesting. So, I mean, from my standpoint, when those people have a bigger following, brands will actually pay them to advertise things it's not just product for them. Like at that point, they're straight up using them to, to market a product. And that driver per se doesn't have to actually, I don't want to say they don't have to believe in the product and even use it, but they're, I mean, they're making They were paid a, to do something. They're being paid to, to advertise this. That and that, when you get to that, and I mean, that's the goal for everybody is to get to that level where it's like people are reaching out to you and being like, Hey, I want to pay you. And that's when you need to actually know your worth. And that's why I think it's important at the beginning to not just take those 10% deals. It's to be like, okay, what am I actually worth? And then have, cause there's, I mean, there's ways to look up your return on investment and to see like what you actually offer sponsors. And that's why those follow-ups are so important as well, because then you can be like, Hey, I'm actually you know, benefiting your company and getting you money and whatnot. Like, how can I renegotiate the terms of our of our agreement here so that I'm now being compensated for what I've compensated them for? Yeah. So I think, and a lot of people don't realize like that there's so many different, 
I mean, you can track business hashtags, like to the point of you can track individual hashtags to see how they're each doing. So if you're using like, you know, a AC pro hashtag, you can look how yours is doing in relative to somebody like another driver using it. And then you can compare it and write up a whole report and be like, Hey, look, when I use this hashtag, it's giving you this much engagement, blah, blah, blah. And then you can renegotiate the terms. And I think a lot of people don't even realize like all the small uh, resources that are at their fingertips for social media and for, well, I guess it's mostly social media, but they just, they don't put in the effort. They don't, they, all they want to do is drive. And believe me, I get that. Like I, that's all I want to do too, but you have to put in the work to be able to get to that point. And I think a lot of people don't realize the effort that you have to to put in early to get to the point of being that desired driver that people want to work with. Yeah. And like right now you just mentioned about hashtags. Like I just looked AC pro up and there's this guy named Evan Shanks. I have no idea who he is. Apparently 45 of the people I know follow him. And it's, Thanks. he's got 200,000 followers. And then you have another guy who's, Oh yeah. He has a bunch of mutuals. Richie B kid. Yeah. He's also got, let's see, he's also got several mutuals. I didn't even know these people existed. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea who this is. But that's why I was saying about, like, sooner, like, um, certain people that, like, I had saw um, with it. So, which happened to be, like, I think Colette. And then, uh, I can't think of the other woman's name. I know if I see it, I'll remember it. She drives a, she has a Corvette and a few other cars that she works on. I just can't remember her damn name right now. Um, the light bright girl um no Brittany. she went to like drift week i think negative okay never mind i don't know i, I want to say it's shelby but i feel like i'm freaking wrong yeah pretty wrong because I, I don't see a single shelby <laughs> i see yeah uh, not a good person um She's another person that was on it. I know she has like a rather large follow. I don't really do the whole YouTube thing, so you know that. Um, but she has like a rather large following. And then there was a couple of guys I saw, and I can't. I just can't remember. The only one that I did remember was Colette Davis for whatever reason. But I also noticed like AC Pro has one post from like 2013. Right. And that's it. But everything else was um, recently that I saw was just like advertised posts. Um, by them, but not necessarily a post, like a right on their, on their uh, feed. Right. But I forgot what we were talking about that too. Yeah, you, I don't know. You brought up AC Pro and. Been doing a lot of shit lately. Right. <laughs> so now that we know what Neverlift Consulting is and Seat Time, seat time Society is, I hope that people use it. Um, Me too. But I don't know if I told you, I got a sim set up finally. Oh, yeah, you did, huh? You got like the, the G27? Yeah. Um, Logitech? Yep. So my we me and the family built my son a uh, gaming PC. He really wanted one uh, Very cool. for his birthday. Like that's we all kind of like went in on parts for it. You know, my dad got this part, I got that part, et cetera, et cetera. So we had a gaming PC, and then a friend of mine, uh, Fernando, we actually grew up together, and hang on, I'll give a, 
I brought him up before on the podcast. Um, but I'll give it. Oh, well, well, I, gotta, I don't remember his actual um, <laughs> IG name. Where is it? There we go. Found it. Uh, Drift. D R I F R S. Drift R S. Because he has. Um, he's got an F R S. And he's got an A E eighty six. He's building too. Uh, we actually grew up together, but he was like, we were talking, and he was like, "Oh, I have a G twenty seven. Like you can have it. It's just sitting there." I was like, "I'll take it." So I went and picked it up, uh, and then I spent the twenty bucks on Corsa, or a set of Corsa rather. And then yep. the shifter wasn't working, so I found out that I got to get like a, I which I ordered today. It was like a fifty dollar shifter to make the shifter a. Uh, standalone unit instead of it plugging into the g27 so okay. i got that so i'm like 50 bucks deep into this i have an old racing seat that i've never put in anything it was like an ebay racing seat it almost went into the bmw i bought it in 2016 um my, during my first car build anyways i got that and then i got some square tubing so i want to weld some stuff up and make an actual sim rig my son also bought an Oculus Rift S last year during Black Friday because he had some money left over from his birthday and he really wanted a VR. So I'm basically piggybacking off all of my son shit. Nice. And I spent 50 bucks to go pick up this uh, or for the cable to for the adapter. So okay. I am pretty freaking close to having a full sim rig set up with VR. Very cool. That's exciting. I'm excited for you. I know you have a setup too. What's yours? I do. Uh, I want to say it's the G920 mm-hmm. Logitech. Because um, yours like looked very basic. It didn't have any buttons on the steering wheel, right? Negative. It has six and they Mine don't work. Has, Mine has quite a few buttons. So I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm like not super tech savvy. I just don't really have the patience. To look Makes two So I had somebody come and set up my entire sim because I at one point was just like I couldn't get it to work and then they showed me content manager and they downloaded some files for me and yeah i don't know if you have that content manager yet but that's like how you should be running a seto and it made all the difference but i i mean i still i pretty much just grip drive on it um for some reason my brain cannot wrap maybe if somebody sat next to me and was like this is how you drift on the sim um but my whole thing is that i really don't want bad habits to drift like i really want to learn in like a stock car without a handbrake and everybody's telling me for the sim to get a handbrake and i don't want to learn with a handbrake so i pretty much just grip drive on it um there's like a little over track oval track you can go to and i go on like the little drift ready e30 and like Mm -hmm. i can do basic drifts around the little oval but it's nothing impressive i can't link anything or anything like that and i my brain for some reason can't wrap its head around i bet you can link it if you have that handbrake well yeah i'm not i don't (laughs) want to i want to get in a real car before i actually do that like i Cause I, I, yeah, I just, I think you should be able to drift a stock vehicle, um, before overbuilding it. And that's sort of my whole goal. And I do want to document all my YouTube series when I get a drift car, I want to sort of do like a whole, you know, grip gone drift series that takes me from somebody who's never done a donut in real life, except for on dirt or in snow to, you know, who knows if I want to, you know, pursue my license or whatever, but like somebody that's, that's never done it and pursue, you know, kind of a, a reality versus expectations series. So I'm, I've been hesitant to, to really learn how to drift on the sim mm-hmm. uh, mostly. Cause I just, I want to go in raw and learn in person. And yeah, that's sort of 
where I'm at with the, with the sim, but yeah, my, my brain really can't wrap its head around not having weight transfer, um, on the game. And even sometimes grip driving, like I'll, I'll crash and just be like, Oh, like when I go to a track day and I'm prepping, I have to like set my phone on a timer and just be like, okay, just stay on the track for like 30 minutes, just drive for 30 minutes because it's, I can't disconnect that it's, that it's a game. Like I can't take it seriously. So it's in the back of my head. I'm like, Oh, if you crash, it's fine. You just, you know, restart. And I need to get that out of my head and be like, no, like you can't crash. <laughs> like You have to do this seriously. But that's, that's sort of just my own approach. Cause I, I do want to learn very basically in real life and then modify kind of what I don't like. Like if I already do three mods, I'll probably end up in like some sort of a Z when yeah. I do get a car and I'd, I'd probably do welded diff coilovers. And then if I have a budget for it, like a bucket seat, those would be my only two to three mods that I would do before hitting the track and just getting seat time. Yeah. And then I'd slowly add from there and, and just slowly build up and, and learn how to drive it properly. Cause I think that's really key before overbuilding and, you know, not getting seat time. Cause that's obviously seat time society. I'm all about just driving my, my Subaru is completely stock and I, well, I can't say completely stock it's stock power. And I pass cars on tracks that I have no right passing because I just am not afraid of, of pushing it. And I learned braking zones and I learned lines early on and everybody goes for power and overbuilding and sticky tires and this and that. And like, I sent it on 500 treadwear tires and street brakes. And then went out when I did go out on 200 treadwear tires and upgraded brakes, like it, I was just able to just drive, like the brake, everything yeah. just came, it just clicked. And I think it's really key because if you overbuild it, it really covers a lot of bad habits. Like it baffles me when someone's like, oh, I'm doing a track day and I need to do this and this and this. I'm like, no, you don't like, that's just a waste of, you're going to just have bad habits and you're not going to learn how to like save slides and stuff. And just, you're just, you're overbuilding it. And for what you just need to learn how to drive. And that's. Uh, yep. I don't totally disagree with that. I think coming from somebody who started. So the first time I ever went drifting was in a Cadillac and that's, you know, a 400 crank horsepower car it was completely stocked with like lowering springs right. um but i had the power necessarily i'm not saying i was linking everything because i barely link shit now um <laughs> but it was just it was something like i had i i don't it was a crutch it never had right. that low power situation so right. now that's what i'm doing like with the whole base model cadillac that i have it's like 220 horsepower um, granted, it's going to have all the suspension it needs for adjustability and stuff like that in a seat. Absolutely. Um, but I, but same thing, I don't plan on putting a handbrake in there right away. And to add to that, I actually didn't get a handbrake for the sim rig on purpose because of that. Because I wanted to kind of um, imitate that so I knew kind of what to do. Like, for instance, I was having a conversation with, like, with Fernando, the guy who gave me the G27, and he was like, oh... I don't know how to use a handbrake because I've never used it. Like in my stock FRS, he's like, all I drive with is momentum. Right. And he's like, I've been playing on the sim rig to learn how to use the handbrake or when to use it rather. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm doing this backwards because I don't know how to not use one. Right. So like the plan is now to like start with this thing since it was, I'll probably be a, I'll probably be in a hundred bucks deep. And I did look these up online. If anybody's wondering, the G27, the Logitech G27 on eBay is going from anywhere from like, I've seen it as low as like 75 bucks all the way up to like 400 bucks on eBay and everywhere in between. So, you know, 100 bucks, 200 bucks. 
whatever, buy one thing at a time. And it doesn't take a lot to run this thing either. You don't need the VR. Uh, my son just happened to buy one. But I say the VR does is pretty bitching though. Like you can get out of the car and like walk around at the racetrack. And it yeah, I have a buddy of it like that has had recently got in it. It's yeah. pretty rad and like setting up. Nuts. It's a trip. Yeah. It made me want one because my monitor, somebody gave me my monitor and it's like super small and shitty. And after I got in the VR, I was like, man, it's like $150 if I could just pick up a. Another thing. The Rift S is 100 bucks on eBay. That's it? It's like, a, look on eBay right now. They're going for like, on for bidding for like 200 bucks maybe upwards, but you can like buy it now. Or it's like it starts at like a hundred bucks, but you can buy it now for two hundred. Okay. You just get a VR headset, right? It doesn't have to be. Well, you have to. Well, you have to have like a graphics card for it. I know that. I like this one. It's it's pretty. <laughs> it's not that accessible. Like if you buy stuff used, you'll be all right. I think. So when we when we did my son's Jacob Jacob's computer, so we got. It's a. Uh, it's an Asus 590E motherboard, an i5 10th gen unlocked um, fucking CPU. Someone will know what I'm talking about. I don't. I just know what the fucking names say. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, you know, a regular case with some fans. And then I got a, I think it was a, I have to look at my uh, offer up because we bought it used because Jacob got like a shit ton of money for his birthday. Um, so I was like, hey, I already bought you what I was going to buy you for this thing. You got to buy the rest. <laughs> and then uh, I'll tell you right now. So we also got a Asus Phoenix OC GTS GTX 1650 4GB GDDR5 graphics card um, that we got for 200 bucks. Because we tried and to plug it into the, run the headset. Huh? That was to run the headset? Yeah, to run the uh, VR. So okay. he, my son's just playing, mostly just playing like Roblox on it and like whatever game, other games he's going to get. Um, but he'll, you know, but the good thing about PC is you can upgrade him later. Uh, but it's very minimal. Like it's not, a, by no means is it like the creme de la creme of like gaming PCs in any way. Like, just the fact that, like, most of the stuff was new, and then we got and got to use graphics card, because graphics card cards right now are, like, absurd pricing. Um, like, it still works. Like, for some, whatever reason, we keep getting, um, like, a, like, a warning notice from the Oculus Rift S, like, oh, you guys don't have uh, the most recent recommended um, hardware. But it's not doing anything wrong. Like, it hasn't glitched a single time. Um, Jacob's played it for quite a while. I was playing it for, like, an hour the other day. Zero glitches. Works perfect. Interesting. So that's one thing that works. And then I did find out the other day that they were, like, 200 bucks on eBay. Because I was talking to Fernando about it again. Yeah, um, the headsets are... I mean, there's one for 55 and there's one for 100 That's really not terrible. I yeah. should look into that because my man, my monitor, granted, somebody gave it to me for free. So absolutely no complaints because that was something that I had to buy this PC because I'm, a, I'm a, an Apple girl. So when Same. I was like, <laughs> it was 2020 and, you know, COVID hit and I was like, I need to, to drive. Granted, I still did like seven track days last year, but I really wanted to get a sim. And I 
I think I bought like the shifter and the pedals and the wheel and then was like, wait a second, like you need a whole PC. And then I bought the PC and didn't have like the little Wi-Fi thing. Like it just, it kept adding up and I ended up spending like a lot more than I had originally planned. But somebody was nice enough to give me an old monitor that she just had laying around. And it, it is so old that I, if I play for more than like 45 minutes, I get a headache because it's just the quality is so shitty. I will say that um, I crashed last night playing, and I got really sick. But I was also drinking, so that probably didn't help. Yeah, and I've heard that that you can get the that the VR will make people certain people sick. So been hesitant about that too. But it, it's probably worth it for me to to look into this. Yeah, probably it's not a bad gig because it, I would say it doesn't compare. I've seen some people play like on three monitors, and I just feel like the you actually feel like you're in a seat. Like from somebody who's actually driven, even even if you do like the grip driving portion of it, like you right. feel like you're in the seat. Granted, you don't get the g forces and the feeling. I think that's what kind of fucks you up. Uh, right. As far as like my stomach went, but outside of that, it was good to go. Interesting. Yeah, that's not, it's not uncommon to get nauseous with that. So yeah, not not really surprised, but interesting that it happened when you crashed. Exactly. But with that being said, I think I'm going to call it here. All right. Thank you for Thanks coming for having on. Fun. If there's anything you'd like to add, please do so. Uh, I just want to shout out my suspension sponsor, Flat Out Suspension. Um, they don't really make anything for drift cars, but they make a lot of rally suspension and some really badass two-way and three-way coilovers for track setups. Like, oh, I guess maybe it could apply to some drift cars. So, yeah, check them out. Um, it's Flat Out Suspension Incorporated, and they've been wonderful to work with. And yeah, and then of course, check out Neverlift Consulting and see if there's anything I can help some drivers with. Uh, thank you for having me on. I really appreciated it. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, um, of course. And we will chit chat soon. You have a good night. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.